Welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I'm Tim Moore, the Senior Evangelist of Lamb & Lion Ministries. As I've confessed before, I am a recovering politician. By that I mean that I served in the Kentucky Legislature for 13 years. Although elected seven times, I never claimed the label of politician. When asked what they thought of their dad serving in politics, even my kids were quick to respond, he's a statesman. Politics should not be a dirty word. It merely conveys the exchange of ideas by people eager to advocate for policies to govern a society. Thankfully, there are selfless and dedicated people who step into the political arena. Certainly, we need more Christians in this important sphere. But the power wielded by politicians also attracts individuals who are self-serving. And government itself has grown to gargantuan proportions that our founding fathers warned us about. Today, we see a clamor for even more government power and a destructive desire to consolidate power globally. My guest today is a Christian who selflessly served in the Minnesota State Senate for six years and in the U.S. House of Representatives for eight years. Michelle Bachman also ran for President of the United States and has become a powerful voice for conservative principles, limited government, and common sense. She offered biblical insight during our Jesus in the Old Testament episode on Judges with convictional testimony that made that one of my favorite episodes of our series. Congresswoman Bachman, Dean Bachman, Mrs. Bachman, Michelle, I am so delighted to have you with us today. Thank you so much. I'm just thrilled to be back with Lion Lamb Ministries. Thank you for having me. Well, it is our pleasure that you would be willing to take time out of your very busy schedule. I am, again, so grateful. I just want to jump right into this. Most people don't think much of politics or, frankly, politicians these days. When I was first elected, folks would ask what I thought of serving in the legislature there in Kentucky, and I would tell them, well, it's everything I thought it would be and less. You know, Henry Kissinger said that 90% of the politicians give the other 10% a bad reputation. And as one of the honorable and principled 10%, what is your perspective on politics and politicians? Well, it's, it's a necessary evil. We have to have governance, otherwise our society would have, have anarchy. And our system of government here in the United States, as, embowed, as envisioned by the founders of our nation, was actually a system that was genius because they looked for their guidance to the Bible. And from the scripture came forth the way they put together the United States of America. They were very learned men. They were men who knew the Lord. They prayed vigorously through this process. They had great debates between each other. And as long as men and women are imperfect, you're going to have an imperfect system. And the government of the United States is an imperfect system. But what is unique and genius about our system is that it recognizes human nature and the fact that mankind is fallen. In other words, we're sinful. We are self-seeking. And to that end, that's why our system is brilliant. It, it tries to check our worst impulses. Now, that's been stretched and pulled out of uh, the way it was originally envisioned, but the original system was a very good system. And, and for the most part, the system we have today remains a good system. However, there's other things that have come and intervened and have pulled us out of that delicate balance that the founders originally envisioned. 
Well, it certainly has. You know, about 100 years ago, Will Rogers observed, Congress is so strange. Somebody gets up to speak and says nothing, nobody listens, and then everybody disagrees. And in the United States of late, as you kind of indicated, we seem to have turned a very tragic corner, especially in just the past few years. We could argue that corruption has always been present, again, due to that fallen nature of man, but there seems to be less and less willingness to pursue reasonable compromise for the good of the nation. In fact, not only do some seem bent on undermining our nation, our leaders don't seem to be able to even agree on the definition of ideals or words, let alone like woman. So what has happened to our nation? How have we gone so far astray? Well, you're right about that. Uh, when our nation was formed, there was essentially a biblical consensus in the nation. Uh, that remained true for decade upon decade, well over 100 years, even into 150 years into America being here. There was a cultural Christianity, you might say, that undergird the United States. Alex de Tocqueville, a Frenchman, wrote a famous book when he went through the United States to describe this extraordinary nation that had produced so much fruit in such a short a period of time, a nation that produced so much freedom and so much material wealth. How did it happen? And ultimately, this Frenchman discovered the, the key to America's greatness was its churches. It was its goodness. It was the fact that people in this nation recognized that they were sinful and they needed God through various denominations. And to Tocqueville prophetically said, America will cease to be great when America ceases to be good, when we are no longer seeking after the things of God. George Barna conducts uh, um, polls frequently to determine the spirituality of our nation, primarily what the level of biblical worldview is held by our population. It is shockingly low. It is something like now 6% of the American population holds to a truly biblical worldview, meaning they elevate the scripture and they believe that the scripture is true. Many more people than that go to church and many more people than that call themselves Christian. But the question is, do they hold to a biblical worldview? Because that's, do you really mean it? <laughs> and when we have a diminished number of people who hold to that worldview, we don't have that shared sense of understanding about how life should work. And all the Congress is, and all our various levels of government is, is a reflection of the people who live in that community. So as we see increased secularization, increased anti-God, we will see that reflected in our legislatures. We certainly will. You know, we could obviously spend the whole episode today talking about the destructive trajectory America is on right now. And sadly, our nation is, seems to be determined to export its moral confusion and its ungodly ideology around the globe. But our focus today really is on the trends in international politics that align with Bible prophecy. So for instance, although Barack Obama declared that the Russian bear was defanged back in 2012, Russia is once again threatening Europe and and casting a very covetous eye on the Middle East and even Israel. And the European Union is also offering evidence that the old Roman Empire is rising from the ashes. Well, that's true. And uh, I was just recently in Europe. I went for the purpose of attending the World Health Assembly. They're the governance arm of the World Health Organization. And this has captured my attention because of the amendments that were proposed by the Biden administration to change the World Health Organization from an advisory only 
body to empowering them as a regulatory and enforcement body. So we saw an example of this for three years during the global pandemic with COVID-19. We saw our lives completely upended and turned upside down. We saw our constitutional rights and liberties effectively suspended because our administration, the Biden administration, declared an emergency. And we've lived under emergency powers since May 11th of 2023. That's when the emergency powers were finally lifted after three years. But the Biden administration is seeking to give emergency powers over health making to the World Health Organization. So if we thought it was bad enough that our government was taking its cues from the World Health Organization and their tragic, terrible advice that they gave during COVID, now we're seeing the Biden administration trying to double down and give that power to the World Health Organization so they would have the right, the sovereignty, to tell us in America what we're supposed to do. This international body that's a part of the UN would have the right to declare a public health emergency of international concern that would trigger additional powers. They could force us into a lockdown, not our government, the WHO. We could go into lockdown. We could be forced to wear masks. We could be forced to get vaccinated. We could see churches closed again. We could see businesses closed again. So why in the world would the Biden administration want to lead an effort this crazy to, and this unconstitutional to give away U.S. power to the U.N.? It, it's a terrible situation, and it's something that I went to monitor and find out. And one thing that I saw in Geneva when I was there is that historically— the Roman Empire ended at the Swiss Alps. Obviously, Rome was the capital, and it went as far north as the Swiss Alps. But what I saw when I was in Geneva was a beautiful mosaic of Julius Caesar. And I, I was ignorant of that history. I didn't know it, but I looked up the history. Julius Caesar wanted to make a name for himself. So he took his army, he crossed the Swiss Alps, and he had a skirmish with the Swiss. From that... He expanded the Roman Empire to the North Sea. So all of Europe came under the dominion of the Roman Empire. And what I saw happening recently in Geneva, Switzerland, is an effort from the United Nations working through the World Health Organization to revive the Roman Empire. Only this time, it was a global empire at the time of Julius Caesar because the world was fairly small. But this is a revived Roman Empire with Geneva as the seat of global power because you have the UN headquarters in Geneva, you have the World Health Organization headquarters in Geneva, the World Trade Organization is there, you've got the World Bank, you've got the World Economic Forum just across the lake. You have the highest concentration of global power I've ever seen, including pharmaceutical industries, including the banking industry. The second highest number of oil deals are conducted in Geneva, Switzerland. This is a center of global power. And now we're seeing global governance being established. And the end result would be the creation for the first time in history, a platform for global health, for, for global governance through the World Health Organization, the healthcare arm of the United Nations. It is really shocking. It is exactly what the prophets had foretold from ancient times, that there would be a convergence of events 
and that someday this would come. And it's almost surreal. When I was in Geneva, this was just about 10 days ago when I was there to hear them speak to propose 307 amendments to the international health rules for the World Health Organization, to propose a global pandemic treaty, both documents of which they want to merge and synchronize. And these documents would effectively transfer sovereignty from all 194 member states over to the World Health Organization, and they would have the ability to be able to force us to do whatever their will is. You know, I think that obviously the entire COVID crisis offered malevolent actors an opportunity to follow through on Rahm Emanuel's advice and motto, never let a serious crisis go to waste. And so the push for even what's been referred to as the global reset became an existential mantra. And I think many Americans simply don't realize that most of President Biden's own Build Back Better and climate initiatives were pulled straight from the playbook of the secular globalists trying to push for this one world governance that you're talking about. No, that's that's exactly what's happening. And what was even more shocking, I, I was there watching, observing, seeing they weren't shy. They weren't reticent to tell us what was going on. What was very sad is there wasn't one member of the U.S. House of Representatives that was there for this meeting. There wasn't one member of the United States Senate that was there. They managed to find airplanes and attend World Economic Forum meetings, but they didn't attend this meeting. And this is, has such profound consequences for every person on Earth because the plan envisioned is that every person on Earth would come under the dominion and control of the World Health Organization. It was just Monday of this week, one week after the World Health Assembly concluded that there was a, an actual absolute bombshell press, uh, press letter that went out that said the European Union has already developed a global digital passport that would regulate um, the ability of people to take transportation, and it would also regulate our health issues. That global digital passport, which essentially would be a QR code on your mobile phone, the, an individual would have to be in compliance with the mandates of the World Health Organization in order to be able to travel, in order to be able to move about. So this was announced on Monday. They didn't wait to pass amendments or pass a global treaty. They announced that the World Health Organization is adopting what Europe came up with that already covers 80 countries out of the 194. The question is, when will the United States go into this system? Because this is how you enforce global government through this global digital passport. It is a reality. And Monday it was announced that the WHO will take over the European uh, digital passport. And they also stated this will be the first building block, presumably merging digital currency, digital health records, our entire life will eventually be merged onto this digital QR code. And they said the effective date is June of 2023. In other words, right now, this global digital passport is effective now. And you're talking about June 5th of 2023 when these things happen. I want to shift gears for one second because this is playing right into what the Bible spoke about. But there are other activities going on that fall right into Bible prophecy. So, for example, uh, another 
ancient malevolence is happening today, and I don't want to make Russia into a political boogeyman like Hillary Clinton's campaign did in 2016, and the Biden administration seems eager to do once again, but clearly Russia is a malign actor, and Ezekiel's description of Gog and Magog from the regions of the north coming down to seize, spoil, and plunder in Israel obviously refers to modern-day Russia, and so we see even that piece of Bible prophecy coming back to the fore. They're an extremely powerful nation. As we know, they've had the atom bomb almost as long as the United States has had the atom bomb. They have huge stockpiles of weaponry. They have a, a, a missile system, hypersonic missile system, that they know how to use and have activated it and have demonstrated the will to use it. So these nations are empowered, as the Bible said, and they are highly motivated and they're on the march. Well, whether it's uh, Russia, whether it's the European Union that obviously we believe the Bible refers to as the revived Roman Empire, sort of the, the vision of Nebuchadnezzar as the iron legs that devolve into feet and toes made of iron and clay, out of that region we know will come the Antichrist to rule over a one world government. And we're already seeing that mechanization happening right before our eyes. Now I don't believe the Antichrist will emerge until after the rapture of the church, but already these Western leaders, even from America, are clamoring for a one world government. And we've had European leaders for many years clamoring for a political savior to come and deliver us from all of our economic and political woes. I think all these things are clear signs that we are living in the season of the Lord's return. There's no, there's no question. We've talked about this for years, and now we're seeing it actually come to pass in front of our eyes. And, and this week we're seeing it happen with this bombshell announcement that the World Health Organization will actually be running and administering beginning this month the global digital passport. That is the enforcement mechanism of one world government. So it's playing out in front of our eyes. And that's where for those of us in the United States, we need to contact our U.S. senators and our representatives and tell them under no circumstances can the United States enter in to the global digital passport that's being run by the World Health Organization. That puts us into the beast system. We cannot be in that system. So our representatives and our senators need to wake up and assure us that the United States of America and no American corporation should go in that system either. They should be prevented from penalizing any of their customers who don't want to go into this fee system. For instance, the airlines or trains or uh, any public conveyance of any kind, they, they must be prohibited from requiring any American citizen to demonstrate compliance with this B system, the global digital passport, in order to access or use their service, their resources, yep. or their product. There's one other aspect I have to touch on, and that is Israel. Obviously, we think it's one of the greatest signs, Israel coming back on the scene. And so, before our very eyes, and referring even to all these threats that are rising 
as you said, in Switzerland right now and around the world. Those with eyes to see need to, to see. Those who are asleep perhaps need to wake up, as the Lord said to the church at Sardis, and speak up and be bold as watchmen are called to be. But as we watch what's happening, even relative to a rise of anti-Semitism in Israel back on the scene, once again, all of the international politics coming to focus against Israel. The United Nations, as you have already spoken of, has so many resolutions attacking Israel, calling it out as, as the worst actor in the world, when we know that's not true, and it's just a deep-seated satanic hatred that is rising even before our eyes. Well, it is, and I flew directly from Geneva to Israel. I'm the co-chair of the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast, and there we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We gathered over 400 people from about 50 different countries. We went to the Knesset to meet with Israeli leaders to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then we went to a hotel downtown in Jerusalem also to gather and to pray and learn more. I think the biggest misconception of the, of the West is that we fail to appreciate that Israel's greatest enemy is Iran. And Iran is surrounding Israel with her proxies, whether it's the Islamic Jihad or Hamas or Hezbollah or all of the various Islamic jihadist groups that are surrounding. Um, unfortunately, the United States of America, are, the, the current Biden administration is taking a posture of cursing Israel by empowering Israel's greatest enemy, Iran. That happened under the Obama administration. Unfortunately, it's happening under the Biden administration. So we are not blessing the United States. The United States is not blessing Israel right now in our policies. We are cursing Israel in our policies because we're preferring Israel's enemy and empowering them rather than being a blessing to Israel. So we need to pray for our leaders that they'll come into alignment with God's Word. Well, obviously, as we talk about all these things, uh, we could speak to Jesus' own prediction and, and prophecy that there would be a rise in wars and rumors of wars. Our own founder, Dr. David Reagan, has just released a book recently about the nine wars of the end times and documented how humanity has been at war in some way, shape, or form throughout our history except for only 268 years in all of recorded human history. We know more wars are coming. Where do you find hope? Even as we talk about all these swirling events, the international political arena where all the nations will come against Israel, including tragically the United States, where do you find hope, whether it's from a political uh, angle or any other, in this darkening season of world history? Well, you know, my, I, I was coming to a point of great despair watching these, this convergence of events that have been happening in recent months. But I will have to tell you, that despair it turned to joy several months ago because I was called to hunger and thirst even more for the Word. And as I spend more time in the Word, what I'm seeing is that events are happening in front of our eyes. This shows us that the Bible is true, that every jot and tittle of the Bible is true. And one thing that we know from Scripture, the, the more we put our head into Scripture and our heart and our mind and our spirit into Scripture, the more the Holy Spirit can speak to us of, from the power of His Word. And His Word tells us He will not abandon us. His banner over us is love. 
And if for those who believe that before the rise of the Antichrist occurs, that he will remove the church from the scene, that tells us something. That should free us to have the most powerful time of witnessing we've ever had in our lives. We shouldn't hold back for one moment. And so I felt so free to witness and to share the things of the Lord with people because his advent is upon us. Maranatha, come soon, Lord Jesus. He is, he is at the door. And so we need to rejoice and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone. We're about to participate in the culmination of the greatest event in history. And I can't wait. <laughs> you know what? I share your enthusiasm for our blessed hope, Jesus Christ, because I know that he lives and he is coming for us. I'm so glad he has raised up judges like you in terms of leaders. Uh, you remind me so much of Deborah, that great prophetess and leader that we spoke of during our segment on judges. But the reality is the world's not just falling to pieces. The pieces are falling in place, demonstrating that Jesus is coming soon. And so Amen. when he does and calls us to himself, Congressman Bachman, we will go home to where our citizenship, our eternal citizenship, actually lies. That's right. And that gives us the greatest hope that there is. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is our hope. He was the first raised from the dead. And because he lives, we live also. So at this point, we need to go back to basics and embrace the word of God, our first love, so to speak, when we came to the, know the Lord. And we need to have that zeal to bring more people to the Lord. It really is the greatest time to be alive. That's what the prophets, the prophets long to live in this time that we live. We can be so grateful that we get to be alive and see this convergence of events. Amen. Well, again, Congresswoman Bachman, Dean Bachman, as you're currently uh, holding a position there at Regent College, uh, Mrs. Bachman, Michelle, thank you so much. I, I praise the Lord that he is continuing to be faithful to raise up Joshua's and Deborah's who are bold in conviction and willing to speak truth even into this dark world and shine the light of Jesus Christ. I pray his continued blessing on you and through your ministry and service. Thank you so much. God bless you. Godspeed. Wow. Aren't you glad that there are convictional Christians serving in every arena, including the realm of politics? Michelle Bachman proves that God has not turned his back on our nation. We may soon be given over to the judgment we deserve, but he is still raising up men and women to serve as leaders and speak his truth boldly. As she rightly discerns, the word of God declares that political wrangling will not deter God's eternal will. And the nations are coming into the end times alignment, the Bible foretold. We pray that God will shed His grace, the favor we do not merit, and raise up a godly leader to guide our nation in the upcoming presidential election. If He does not, America is doomed to accelerate its own demise as it pursues wickedness and celebrates deviancy. The Lamplighter, our bi-monthly magazine focusing on Bible prophecy, is stepping through all the signs of the times throughout 2023, including the signs of world politics. For only $25, you can receive a print edition of our acclaimed magazine, or you can receive the electronic version for free. Just go to our online store or call the number on the screen and subscribe. We have two more categories of signs left to go in this series, the signs of technology and the signs of Israel. You won't want to miss those Christ in Prophecy episodes. 
In closing, I'd encourage you to read Psalm 2 to see the Lord's response to the kings of the earth in rebellion against Him. I hope you'll join me in observing the final verse. Do homage to the Son, that He not become angry, and you perish in the way, for His wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in Him! How blessed indeed! This is Tim Moore for Lamb and Lion Ministries. Godspeed.